Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills is a healing evangelist, a best-selling author, and a mega church pastor. He's the founder of the United Denominations originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches, overseeing over 3,000 churches across every continent of the world. He pastors the First Love Church, a vibrant church in the city of Accra, transforming the lives of thousands of young people for the Lord. Now listen to Dag Heward Mills. Heavenly Father, thank you for your blessing today. What a blessing it is to 
be alive and to be in your presence. We are thanking you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Right. Tonight, I'll bring you greetings from um, different places that we've been to um, the church in America, South America, and also the UK and South Africa. All send their greetings. Amen. They are doing well and they send their love. Amen. Right. Tonight, I want to share from my book, Rules of Church Work, chapter 13. You have your copy. You didn't bring it. Okay, you can check after church. But I'm talking tonight about avoiding unsuitable jobs. Avoiding unsuitable jobs. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, it is very important that you avoid, apart from trying to get a good job, is that you also try to avoid getting a job that you are not good at or that you are not suited for. You get it? Or you don't get it? As your neighbor, you get it. You're never getting it. So, most of the time, we are all looking for jobs. But we should also be avoiding some jobs. <laughs> are you understanding? It's not only looking for a job that is important, but avoiding some jobs that is also important. Amen. Are you listening to me? Because knowing who you are is as important as knowing who you are not. Do you understand? Finding a good job is as important as Avoiding a job that you are not suited for. Now, most people will just take any job to do because it looks like there's a shortage of jobs. So it doesn't even come up that you should avoid a particular job. But I can tell you that um, when you have a job that you are not suited for, you destroy yourself. A train is not designed to fly. A train. It is designed to be so heavy that it sits on the rails without moving off 
the rails. Now, if you take a train to the airport and you say, we are going on a long journey and you take the train to the runway and you say, ready, steady, fly. The train will go straight through cantonments, um, Elwak, through all the houses there to um, Morning Star School, Dankwa Circle, and around Papaye. That's where the train will end up, and then to the castle. Can you imagine how many things it will destroy by being given the wrong job? Being asked to fly. They are all journeys, but it has not been built to fly. And in the same way, we are not built for certain things. We are just not built that way. So when you are not suitable for a children's church, and you go to be the pastor of a children of children. We will be in the church, and the children will always be running to us here in the church. They are, they are bored with the church. They don't like the church. They don't want to go to the church because they are afraid of the church. Because Goliath is the pastor of the children. Do you understand? So ladies and gentlemen, you must always remember that you must decide to take a job that you are suited for. Six unsuitable jobs you must avoid. Number one, a job for which you do not have a calling of God. God has not called you to such a job. Amen. Hebrews chapter 5 verse 4. No man taketh this honor unto himself but he that is called of God. Amen. If you are not called to do something, it is unsuitable for you. Amen. For instance, if you are not called to be in full-time ministry, it is unsuitable for you to come into full-time ministry. It's not a job that you will be suited for. And there are some people who are not suited for full-time ministry. No matter how we preach about full-time ministry, there are people that are not suited for full-time ministry. Because they are not called to it. It is not your calling. God had never intended that you be a full-time priest. Yes, 
you are supposed to win souls. Yes, you are supposed to teach in the church. Yes, you are supposed to be a lay pastor. But no, you were never intended to be a full-time priest. Amen. And when you take it upon yourself to be a full-time minister, you often destroy from Elwak through GIS, through Morningstar. The reason why I'm saying is that in the afternoon you can go to um, uh, around Morningstar. Emirates, they fly in the afternoon and they don't go high. So you see them walking over Morningstar like this in the afternoon. That is where you understand when I say that. If you are not called to fly and you go straight, Emirates, it has not gone down, but it's going softly over the people. You see the, them upstairs just here. As if it is driving to Dankwa Circle. So if ever a plane doesn't go up or a train goes straight, this does the route straight to the castle. Destruction comes to those who are not supposed to be in full-time ministry and they come in. Age, grumbling, complaining, dissatisfaction, yearning for something else discontentment they want to they feel they are being cheated always i wish i feel that i should have been have this by now i would have had this by now i would have been here i would have had this by this if i was working here i would have been that this is the car that i've been driving these are my mates my friend Sir, I'm calling you to full-time ministry. Men, take a misstep. Sometimes, people come into full-time ministry and they behave like that advert that we have been seeing. And now, who expected something different? And now, who expected something different? And now, <laughs> who expected something different? Do you know that story? The guy was expecting a nice, beautiful, cute lady and a very big lady whose arms cannot come down anymore the arms are, are like this she came and when the guy saw her he was afraid and she asked him why and then we expected something different i mean were you expecting something different when you saw me were you expecting something different <laughs> So, brothers and sisters, many times people come into the ministry and then they, they, are, they are surprised. 
And all that we have to ask them is what? Who expected something different? Who expected something different? That is what it is like to be in the ministry. Amen. There is no money here. Amen. We don't have cars. We don't have anything. We have only Christ. Everything that we ever have is just by grace. But it's not something that we expected into our lives. And they say, Whoa, man expected something different. Do you get what I'm preaching about? Otherwise, we are just going to complain and complain. And that is why the Bible says, No man taketh this honor upon himself. One day I had somebody who was uh, working in a certain corporation, organization, one of these foreign organizations. And then he made the step of coming into the ministry. So one day when he was angry, he mentioned a certain amount. Do you understand when I say a certain amount? And the amount he mentioned was five million in those days. He said, I would have been earning five million by now. After all these years of working Lighthouse, I would have been earning five million at my international organization. My friend, what I want to tell you is that if I'm also to say what I would have been earning, what Bishop Saki would have been earning, what my wife would have been earning, what Bishop Eddie would have been, Bishop Eddie would have been the uh, chief executive of VRA by now. I'm sure of that. Yeah, easily. The chief executive of VRA, Mota River Authority, that's where he was working. He was already one of the top guys. He was staying in a fully air-conditioned house with running hot and cold water. <laughs> Most of us are staying in houses where there's no water. But in his house, the water was running and it was not only running, but there was hot running and cold water also running. There's nothing like boil. We used to like visiting him because we never have to boil water when we are going to bath. <laughs> we don't use kettle or that uh, water heater. No, 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 no. If you visit Bishop Eddie, in those days, more than 20 years ago, you never use such a heater. And when you sit in the sitting room, air conditioned, your house is the sitting room air conditioned. In those days, that's where we went for vacation. Vacation and other honeymoonical uh, experiences. <laughs> so if God has not called him, and then he comes in and there is no running hot water and running cold water and they're expecting, he's expecting something different then before you don't take care he will attack me and tell me that by now I would have been the chief executive of water river authority I don't want to hear that I don't want to hear that at all this is what you would have been taking by now at your age and at your caliber my friend return to that place where you will be getting that thing <laughs> quickly quickly even if all of you come 
and worked for God full time, the work will not be finished. If you don't know, I'm telling you. If all everybody here comes to work full time from morning, it will not finish. As for that work, it is the privilege of those who come in who are supposed to be there. Amen. It's a privilege. And it is not that we are doing anything exceptional, but it is a mercy that has been shown to us. Amen. Turn to Numbers chapter 16. Now, Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, with Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab, and on the son of Peleth, sons of Reuben, took action. And they rose up before Moses together with some of the sons of Israel, 250 leaders of the congregation, chosen in the assembly, men of renown, and they assembled together against Moses and said to them in verse 3, You have gone far enough. Far enough. For all the congregation are holy. Every one of them. And the Lord is in their midst. Why do you exalt yourselves above the assembly of the Lord? When Moses heard this, he fell on his face. And he spoke to Korah. And he said, tomorrow morning, the Lord will show who is his and who is holy and who he will bring near to himself. Even the one whom he will choose, he will bring near to himself. Amen. You see, being a priest is the same as being very close to the Lord. Amen. And it is not everybody who can be close or even who wants to be close. I used to think that a lot of people would like to be close to me. But as the years have gone by, I've come to say that not everybody wants to be close to me. In fact, a lot of people don't want to be close. And a lot of people want to be close up to a point, but up to a point they don't want to. That is my personal experience. So you may have thought that everybody wants to. No, because sometimes when you are very close, your, your whole life is exposed. And some people don't want that. Some people want, if you like, their privacy. At least for some, up to a point. So it is in varying uh, degrees by which you can be brought close or even may even want to be close. Like many of us want to be close to the Lord. But not so close. Not so close. You'll be with the Lord every day. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I mean, Lord, give us a break. We can come on Sundays, Lord. We can come on Tuesdays. But Monday too. Wednesday. 
warnings. God, we want to be away from you at least some of the time. That's a fact. We may not say it in that way, but that is the fact. It's nice to be in church on Sunday, but not every day. Do you know that there are people who live in the church? Can you imagine what they experience? When they breathe, they are breathing in the church. When they sleep, they are sleeping in the church. Everything is in the church. These are all levels of being close. But not everybody wants, and not everybody even understands that he doesn't really want to be that close. Where all the time you are under that spotlight. Maybe on Sundays you can take something. That's why some people don't come to camps. Because they can take one sermon. But not a whole day of sermons. Maybe they could take it for one, but not two days, three days, hours and hours. I mean, it's, it's a bit much, Lord. If you want to talk, talk once a week. Talk twice. But not every day. That's why some people don't listen to messages. Because it's true they want, they love the Lord. But they don't need to hear this thing. Or we want to hear the news. We want to hear some idiot speaking about nonsense. Lord, we, we, want, we, want some, we want some Nigerian movies. We want some Ashanti movies. We, we want some drama. We want some killer to watch. We want, to, we want to watch a killer killing somebody. We want to watch somebody having sex. Lord, we, we can't always pray. We, we, can't, we can't always sing hymns. Oh, no, 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 no. It's too much. I can't take it. Maybe once a week. Maybe twice a week. But not all the time. Yeah. You may not say it that way. But that's what we are saying by our actions. Now, then Moses, in verse 8, said to Korah, Here now, oh, I'm sorry, I've taken too much time. But is it not enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the congregation to bring you near to do the service of the tabernacle and to stand before the congregation to minister? And that he has brought you near, Korah and all your brothers, sons of Levi, with you. Are you seeking for the priesthood also? You see, there are levels in working for God. They had been brought near, but there was an even nearer place. He said, are you seeking for the priesthood? So in as much as they were Levites, they were not actually priests. As in as much as they had been brought nearer than the rest of the congregation, there was a nearer place to be. You see, there's, everything is in level. Jesus had his 12 disciples, but he had the three. Then he had the 70. Then he had the 120. He had the 70 that he sent out. Then he had the 120 that waited for him in the upper room. Then he had the 500 which he appeared to. Then he had Mary Magdalene. And he had the other women who ministered to him. And he had his mother. And then he had John among the disciples. He had John to whom he gave his mother. So we, we don't have everything the same. So maybe you've been brought to be among the twelve, but you are angry that you are not among the three. Or you are among the seventy and you are annoyed that you are not among the twelve. 
Or you are among the three, but you are annoyed that you are not Peter. Or you are annoyed that you are not John. Or you are annoyed that you are not James and John. It's very loud on stage. Is there a reason? Is it something new? You have. I will not expect something different. <laughs> Amen. Are you seeking for the priesthood also? Then Moses sent a summons to Dathan and Abiram, the sons of Eliab. But they said, we will not come. Rudeness is not a new thing. Tell your neighbor, rudeness is nothing new. It started a long time ago. Now they accused him of six different things. Number one, is it not that you have brought us out of a land flowing with milk and honey? He said, first of all, you have robbed us of our land. Hmm? You, we were in a land flowing with milk and honey and you've taken us out of that place. Number two, you have brought us to die in the wilderness. Number three, but you would you also lord it over us. Amen. Number four, you have not brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey. You did not. You took us from milk and honey. And I'm at four. you did not bring us to a land flowing with milk and honey. Number five, you have not given us an inheritance of fields and vineyards as you promised. And number six, you want to put out the eyes of these men. We will not come up. We will not come. You want to blind our eyes so that we don't see properly. You want us not to see things as they are. You want to put out our eyes. You said you were taking us. You did not take us to any land of milk and honey. You said we will prosper. We did not prosper. You, you brought us to die here. Wicked man. Lording it over us. Speak in a way against authorities. This is why I say to you that, look, Sewan Kollywood to a certain level. Don't go there. Because you can see that Korah, Jathan, and Abraham were trying to go somewhere where they were not supposed to go. He said, do you, do you seek the priesthood also? So, brothers and sisters, when you start to seek something you are not supposed to seek, one of the things that you start to do is to attack people that are called there. Yeah. If you are called to be in full-time ministry, just be. Don't attack me. Don't say anything negative against me. It will fight you till you die. People don't know that what they say with their mouth fights them for years to come. There are people who cannot be in full-time ministry because of things they've said. There are people that cannot come to this church because of things they've said. They cannot come. Because when you speak certain words, they go like seeds and they come back. That's what happened to Paul. He sowed the seed of how to beat up preachers and how to fight pastors and how to kill 
men of God. So that seed was there. And then he also now changed sides. That the seeds that he had sown to attack and beat pastors was now developing. And he ripped it until he died. And he died of that reaping. That's why a spiritual person will say, I have not sown that seed to reap it. But Paul couldn't say, I have not sown that seed to reap it. God, before he joined that side, he was against that side. Before he became full-time, he fought full-time. Before he ever joined the other side, he said things that would go up to fight him until the end of his life and ministry. He was beaten more than any other pastor because he is the one who brought beating of pastors into the world. He's the one who brought beating. The first person who beat a pastor was Paul and he was beaten until he died. Mercy. So be careful of what you say. Number two, how many points do you have? Oh, only one. And our time is up. Number two, a job, six jobs you must avoid. Number two is a job unsuitable for your temperament is an unsuitable job for you. Do not do it. A job that is for another temperament. I. There are jobs that were created for certain temperaments. Do you understand what we say temperament? Temperament is sanguine, melancholic, uh, choleric, and what? Phlegmatic. Depending on your temperament, you must do certain jobs. Amen. If you are a phlegmatic and they make you a project manager, refuse the job. Say, brother, I'm not good at project management. What do I mean by project management? Like, this is a project that has to be finished. And there are 39 obstacles to the finishing of this project. The mason, the carpenter, the plumber, the liars, the thieves, the security man, the petrol situation in the country, shortage of water, shortage of tankers, shortage of tipper trucks, increase in price, this and that. All those, when they meet a phlegmatic, a phlegmatic will do what? Breathe in and out. Phlegmatically, he'll be breathing in and out. And then he will rest. When you ask him, what is happening? He says, I am working on it. I put measures in place. Meanwhile, nothing is happening. Because the nature doesn't make the person fight obstacles and break down opposition. You need somebody to build, to build. To build something like this, you cannot be a phlegmatic. Why you are just breathing? No. If you look outside now, you will see light on. You will see masons working. They are working. It is eight, nine o'clock. You work, but it cannot be governed by a phlegmatic. Phlegmatics are cool. They are too cool. For certain jobs 
Their nature has been created by God for something, but not for breaking down rocks. When a phlegmatic reaches a rock, he will sit on it and breathe in and out. But when a choleric reaches a rock, he will go and buy a chisel and buy dynamite to break it. Break one. Break two. Break and go. But when a phlegmatic reaches it, he will sit down on it and say, God has provided a resting place for his servants. <laughs> Let me rest a while as I take the blessings of Jehovah that have been given to my soul. Hey! <laughs> yeah. A choleric cannot sit down at one place. Yeah. There is a certain engine fire in them to be moving. When you imprison such a person behind a computer and say, you see this photograph here, be looking at it until this evening. Say, oh, why? I cannot stay here. It is a prison because there is a certain engine for every car has got two speedometers. One speedometer is for the speed of the car and the other speedometer is for the speed of the engine. So when you go to a car next time, you look, you see two of them. It's not magic. One is for the speed of the engine. The revolutions of the engine per minute. And everybody's body has a certain fire within it. So as I may be walking slowly but there may be a high fire. Sometimes a car is going like that but you hear the sound. But it's going slowly. But it's going slowly. The fire of the car is high but the speed is slow. Uh-huh. And sometimes the car is going slowly and the speed is also slow. You get it? Now, a human body also has that engine fire. It's called metabolic rate. And there is a hormone that increases that rate. You get it? That makes the fire go up. So when somebody has more of that, not necessarily to make your character that way, but when you have more of that, you see that the heart is beating, you are sweating, the person is moving, losing weight even. Because the fire of the body has gone up. And everybody's engine fire goes down by the age of 40. 35 going to 40. The engine fire goes down. That's why when you don't even eat, you'll be getting fat. Because the engine fire that burns the fat has just started reducing. So you can see the age of somebody by the width of the person. Because from a certain age, the fire goes down. So even you see the person, I don't eat what I'm going for. I don't eat. I mean, it, 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 but look at that. Every place is coming out of the jacket. <laughs> hey! Are you understanding what I'm saying? I'm saying that there are some people, the engine is cool, low. Even they are not 40. But it is low. Mm. 
fake it easy. You must be a teacher. It's true. Teacher, lecturer, priest, a priest who doesn't move. Prayer, you just stay. Yeah, a type of priest. It's true. Um, you don't have to do projects. I'm teaching computer job that you stay, you sit on the chair and when you sit down at nine o'clock, you wake up at five, you wake up for lunch. Phlegmatic like, today, like food. So you wake up for wake up for lunch like that. And then when you sit down again, till that your hair will be sitting there fully, no problem. The engine fire is just cool. But there are some people, you put them like that in their office. It, it doesn't work. But take a phlegmatic and put him on the field and say, okay, drive this way. You will see. <laughs> well, you see, he's helpless. Not that they told me, it's what I've seen with my eyes. I've been employed for years. I'm telling you. Sweating. Even when such a person is a waiter, you see that he cannot go and get the food quickly. But if we didn't have phlegmatics, many things could not be done. Most of the government jobs you need a phlegmatic. Most of the government jobs. <laughs> I don't know why, why you are laughing. Civil servants. Patient, they work for. And people don't appreciate. The person who taught me chemistry is the same person who taught my son chemistry. Yeah, the one who taught me chemistry to pass my A-level, the same person who taught my son, and my second son taught them, the same person taught them chemistry. And when I, I could, I was, I said, that's the best chemistry teacher. I will not mention him, but many of you, the best chemistry teacher that you can get. And if you don't have such a person, he taught me I became a doctor. 20 years ago that I became a doctor. He's still teaching chemistry. Yeah. If, if they are not there, what, what will happen? So you need, and that's why the country has to, like somebody said, if you can read this, thank a teacher. If you can read what you are reading, thank a teacher. The councils, the committees, the boards, they, they sit there and then they do it. Amen. The sanguines, they make us happy. They are pastors, naturally. Everybody is happy to have a sanguine. You can never have a happy time without a sanguine. Some of us are too serious to be good company. My wife is a sanguine. She has a sanguine. She can chat, laugh, flow. I, from the first day that she became uh, my friend, you know, and started to help me in the ministry, I was always happy to have her around. She will make friends with everybody. She can be the friend of the highest and the lowest. Everybody is her friend. I mean, God forbid, but if I was ever to divorce, everybody would say I'm the bad one and she's the good one. I mean, because she's the nice person. It must be. 
she's, she's the nicer person to relate with. I mean, I have, I have always known people have come to visit me secretly when I'm not there. They are happy that they have met her and they didn't meet me. <laughs> Only that they won't say it, but I know it in my heart. I know. So we, are, we came to visit you, but really, you know, yeah, I've forgiven them. I know about it, but when you have a sanguine, then you can flow and relate. Mike Medoff said that he is too serious. He needs somebody to lighten the environment around him because he's too serious. And there are people like that. Sometimes I'm very sure my wife will be sick now. Smile. She's sick now me in the pulpit that smile. Amen. And then melancholics. They are always arranging things. But a sanguine will say that once the things are in the room, it's okay. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? The, the sanguine uh, formula is that look, everything is in the room. Whether it is here or here, it is in the room. The main thing is that it will be in the room and it is there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I heard one sanguine explaining to the husband that look, once the things are in the room, what again do you want? If everything is here, not that this has to be here, this has to be here, this has to be here. All we need is that the things are in the room. But the, the melancholic has arranged this one must be here, this one must be here, this one must be here, and this one must be here. So, when you want to do accounts with money, you don't give it to a, a sanguine. And if you are a sanguine and they are giving you accounting to do, just let us, I beg you, please. I beg, I beg you, I beg you. Do you know why? When I say avoid a suitable job, you, like a train, you will drive through until you destroy. And you will by all means be accused of stealing. You, you, market, you market it. You will be accused of stealing one day. And you'll be surprised. You say, me? Me? You say, I've stolen what? But the problem is that the way you arrange things, you don't even think of where to put the money. That this person, that this person has a key, should not have a key. It does not occur to you that this person must never have a key. This person should have a key. This person should solo. We all have keys. Or even the door shouldn't be locked. It doesn't need the door doesn't need to be locked or doesn't need to be open. You don't even think about it. So when you are sanguinous and you are working. You do not, and I'll tell you, no matter your schooling, your sanguine, choleric, melancholic, phlegmatic, it overrides your education. Hundred million times. That's why if you work for me, I never ask, where did you learn in school? I find out as we go along. But it is the, person, the temperament that governs what you can do. Because what God created is, is greater than what University of Ghana can create in you. University of Ghana takes three years, cannot create much in you. University of Science and Technology or University of whatever cannot create much in you. But what God has put in you, the, the genes, they are already there. Whatever you are training, that is how you really you are. So sometimes you see somebody who is trained in medicine, doesn't behave like a doctor. If, you, if a phlegmatic is driving a car, you can easily die. I mean, by mistake, if you don't take care. Yeah. Because you say that you should move. Uh, you are not moving. So he's, taking, he's, he's waiting for something. He's waiting for something. It's true. 
Number three, a job with bad company is an unsuitable job. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Pray that God will give you work where the people that you work with are godly. But one of the dangerous things, one of the jobs that you shouldn't have is a job where the people there are ungodly. Let's say a job where everybody sleeps with everybody. There are jobs like that. Maybe doctors with nurses, lawyers with lawyers, air hostesses with pilots, and with other air hostesses. Um, other jobs like that, where you are working in a drinking bar, or you are working in a place where all the people are profane, vulgar, liars, womanizers, husbandizers, I mean, manizers, whatever, whatever you are. It's, all, it's a very dangerous uh, environment. There are people who have become homosexual by working at certain jobs. So there are some jobs that are unsuitable, even though you are earning dollars. A job that takes you away from your church, that takes you away from your God. A job that takes you out into unsuitable company, that is killing you softly. It's not a good job. Amen. Number four, a job that is meaningless. It's an unsuitable job. Meaningless jobs. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 10. That was Psalm 1 verse 1. The guy who is doing the screen doesn't know. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Psalm 1, eh, my friend. You are still on Korah. Sure. You are holding computer. You don't know verses. Ecclesiastes chapter 2 verse 11. Then I looked on all the marks of works of my hand had wrought, and on the labor that I had labored to do. And behold, all was vanity and vexation of spirit, and there was no profit under the sun. Amen. Hitler created these jobs for scientists, you know, where they would carry rocks from one place to another and from one place to another. Meaningless job. You just keep repeating without any meaning. There are a lot of meaningless jobs. But I will say to you that it is when you find the call of God to serve God in full-time ministry, there is no job in the world that has meaning. Amen. It's true. That no job has meaning when you find a job to do, when God calls you. He makes every other job meaningless. Because if, if I ask myself, I'm sitting in a room sharing chloroquine to people, I ask myself, what am I doing here? But it's a very noble job. I remember when three doctors died in Ghana. Doctors who were specialists in a particular type of surgery. There was a national funeral for them. And President Kufo came. Vice, I think the vice president came. And I think President Rawlings also came. Doctors. I mean, if three lawyers have di had died, there would have been no state funeral. If three teachers had died, there would have been no state funeral. Three um, masons had died, there would have been no state funeral. It's true. So it shows you how noble and how respected medical work is. But what I'm saying is that when you are called of God, even the highest seemingly highest job 
has, loses its meaning. And then that is when you are really called into full-time ministry. Just as somebody may look at me, a pastor, and, and wonder, how can you do that? I tell you, that's what I also think about you. That's also what I think about. When I see you, I also think to myself, how can you do something like this? Amen? Are you listening? Are you there? Or you've gone home? Number five. We're almost done. Working for someone you dislike is an unsuitable job. If you don't like somebody, you know, it is an unsuitable job for you. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 7. It says, Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad. Oppression maketh a wise man mad. When you are working under and for someone you dislike, it is difficult. And I'm sure some of the politicians have those problems. You know, like the civil servant. Maybe you voted for MPP and NDC came to power. Or maybe you are a top MPP supporter in civil service and now your boss is an NDC champion. You get it? And maybe you dislike them strongly. You, you find it difficult to work. You can easily go mad. Because you, 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 you don't like the person you are working for. But on the other hand, if you get somebody you like, that you can work for somebody that you actually like, it's also a very great blessing. Because you will learn a lot from the person. You can only learn from somebody you admire. If you don't admire the person, you cannot learn anything from the person. So I pray for you that you will get a job in which you can admire the person who employs you and gives you money every week and every month because you will learn some of the secrets which have made him your boss there, there are things the person has done that the person grew to become your boss that you may not understand but if you admire somebody you start to see the good things that the person does and how the person came about to be who he is but when you dislike the bank manager whom you work for when you work for you never see anything good when you see him come say, oh this foolish man oh this ewe man oh this ashanti man oh this gun man Oh, this guy is this. Oh, this woman this. Do you dislike your boss? You, dislike, you don't see anything and you don't learn the secret which have made them richer than you to the point where they are over you, they employ you and they pay you a fraction of what they earn. So, may you work for somebody that you... And if you don't like your boss, start to try to like him so that you can learn something. Yeah. If, if I am the boss in the church office I started the church with five people I must have been doing something that made me a boss because I've never employed somebody before I also started to employ one by one by one till today I have a lot of people that are employees so I must have done something over the last 15 years that helped me to become an employer so why don't you admire something about me and then learn some pick one or two things because you cannot learn from somebody you resent or somebody you are jealous of when you are jealous of somebody you cannot learn if you are jealous of professor mills winning the election you cannot learn something from him because there is a lot to learn from professor mills for having won that election yeah he did a lot of things to be, become the president of ghana whether you like ndc or mpp or not he did 
as long as you resent him you will always attribute his victory to chance to good luck to this to that you negate it you i mean reduce it to absurdity you will speak negatively of it and you will not learn the few steps or keys that may also help you but when you admire him then you will learn a few things from your president that made him become a president which i could teach you but if i was to teach you some of those keys you would immediately brand me as either ndc or npp or ddt or whatever Because now even soccer teams have been branded as either NPP or NDC. Every tribe has been branded either NPP or NDC. Yeah, in Ghana, the tribes have been shared. The soccer teams have been shared. It's fantastic. And number six in the last. A job you are not prepared for is an unsuitable job. You are not prepared for it. Proverbs 24, 27. Prepare thy work without and make it fit for thyself in the field. And afterwards, build thine house. Amen. Prepare thy work. In other words, preparation. You, there's, there's some preparation work you must do before you can do well at work. If I'm a preacher, I must prepare before I preach. You understand? If I'm a doctor, I must know my things before I go and sit in the clinic. When they're asking me something, I'm now opening books and uh, going to find the answers to problems. Because you are not prepared for the work you are doing. You don't know it well. And you, you are not conversant with the work that you are doing. It makes the work very difficult, I tell you. So, when people do the background work they must do for their work, they become very good at their work. That many people do not prepare. They do not do what they are supposed to do. Maybe you are supposed to learn a software, but you don't do it. Because you don't do it, the work cannot go on and the work becomes very slow and tedious. Then it's like the thing cannot go on. Or maybe you are giving a project, do this, this and that. And there is some plenty background work you must do before the project can even start. When you don't prepare, every time the meetings are always unpleasant. When they say, get this and do this and that, because you don't do all those things, whenever the meeting comes and the whole meeting is a beast. Because you do not prepare, you don't do the background. Every work has a background before you see the person working. There was a magician called Houdini. He, he could go into every chain, shackle, whatever. I've watched a video of him escaping. They tied his hands with uh, handcuffs and tied his legs and lifted it upside down in the middle of the air. And he would come out of the chains, come out of the, uh, what do you call it, chains to remove his hand from handcuffs and tie himself and come out of that thing. Time and time and time again, people tell him he would go underwater in a coffin do what different thing one trick that he made an elephant disappear in a hall he did this several times for several weeks but people and one of his aim was to disprove that it was occultism and all those things that it is just tricks what people didn't know about Houdini was that he practiced 
eh, coming out of this thing, moving chains, moving whatever for hours. He was, he was, he did exercises to be fit and to come out of chains and days and everything. He did it hours and hours and hours. Nobody knew that practice that he was doing. And he comes out and he does it. And he would do, you will not believe it. People thought he would die many times. He never died. People are not successful at their work because they don't do the background preparation that they should have done. When you sit at a meeting, you have nothing to say, then why are you at the meeting? We might as well have got a statue or gone to an art center to buy one of the statues or one of the wooden heads. We might have brought four of the wooden heads to replace you because you and the wooden head didn't speak at the meeting and didn't contribute anything substantial to make things go forward. Have you ever wondered why you sit at a meeting and it seems you are never chosen for anything because you never say anything that makes, that makes things move forward. I always tell people, look, say something. It is what you say sensibly that people even notice you. One day, one of our church members, I was, this was actually a miracle. I just said somebody is receiving a car and you see, but what happened was he went to uh, a meeting at the bank, one of the banks. And um, during the meeting, it was a seminar. And when they finished the seminar, they asked for questions. And so he stood up and he gave a contribution. The managing director asked, what is the name of the guy who spoke? He was not entitled to a car. He was not entitled to a car in the next whatever. The MD gave an instruction. said that a car should be purchased for that guy now. And the guy sent me the testimony. He was sending the testimony as a miracle. But I'm sharing it with you as that when you speak and you say something sensible, that is even what makes people even notice. When you say, smiling, you might as well start frying bananas on the roadside. Smile and say nothing. How many types of girls are there in the world? I mean, if I ask the girls here to stand up, we will soon categorize the girls into about five or six types. Short, tall, fair, fat, wide, long, this. There, there will not be more than five or six types. And before even intelligence. Just physical. Yeah. They are not, they are not, you don't have so many variations. We are, this, we are it's the same creation. How did the king who has sacked his wife, Vasti, choose one of the so many thousands of girls who came there? Eh? What makes somebody like among all which are the same? A man, a, a king, who can sleep with anybody. There is no type of female body that he cannot have at his disposal. All of them will come and delightfully jump and do all kinds of things there. It must have been what the person said when she came in. That would ask her, Can you, do you remember that girl who came? She's, I, I enjoyed talking to her. I enjoyed her company. Can you let her come back? Why don't you learn how to speak, my friend? It will take you so high in your life. Learn how to speak, not just to smile. To say something. 
that is that is that is what brings you out. That's what lets us know who you are. Sometimes people wonder why nobody proposed to me. Nobody proposed to you because you said nothing. No, 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 nobody knows you. Nobody, nobody likes you. People are liked largely also by what they say and how they speak. So, my friend, you see, my brother, life is so short. Huh? So, speak. Speak now. So that you can be seen, you can be known, you can be chosen. Somebody can like you. Amen. Your boss may like you. Your boss may choose you. Just because of what you say. Not because of how you look or how your teeth are. Or how your nose is. Or your tribe. But because of what you say. And how you say. And how you smile. Ladies, learn to smile. A woman is born to smile. When you come, see, Alexander the Great, he took his troops to Asia to fight. After about seven years, they were shouting, they said, we want to go to our wives. We want to go to our wives. Why do you think they wanted to go to? They wanted something soft. Something cheerful. Something welcoming. Something homely. Not more arrows. Ah! Huh? Get up. Move. What are you? This. this, 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 this. Why are you not? This, this, this. You are never this. You are always this. You are never this. You are always this. You are never this. You are always this. You are never this, 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 you are always this. Eh, we are never. Eh, we are always. We are sorry. Forgive us. We won't do that again, but we will. A jump. They are not prepared for. Do the background. Background. Background prayer. Background reading. Background preparation. Background dressing. Now when I say do the preparation, I don't mean to become obsequious. <sighs> obsequious is where you are seen to be making too much effort to impress. It's too much. That one too is offensive. May you find a suitable job for your life. God bless you and stand to your feet. What is the first unsuitable job for your life? Number one. What is the first unsuitable job for your life? A job that what? You are not called to do. Ask your neighbor, are you a train or a plane? What did they say? Huh? Are you a train or a plane? Number two. The second unsuitable job is what? A job that is not suitable for your temperament. Amen. Number three. A job with bad company. Liars, thieves, fornicate. There are some when you go before by the time you finish, you have lost all your morals. 
Yeah. You have lost all your morals. Number four. A job that what? It's a meaningless. Amen. You see, if you don't know how to type, it's not a suitable job. You don't know how to type. It's not a suitable job. Because the person could have also just typed out the point. Number one. A job that you are not suitable. A job that you are this. A job that you this. It would have been up there. Number one. Number two. Number three. Number four. Number five. It would have helped. It's a phlegmatic. <laughs> when a phlegmatic sees a rock, what does he do? He'll sit down on the rock and say that what? The Lord has provided me a resting place. A resting place for his servants. Ebenezer. <laughs> Ebenezer. Number five. Someone you don't like is unsuitable. And number six. A job where you are not prepared. Huh? You are not what? Prepared for. You have not done your homework. You have not done your preparation. Eh? You have not done the work you have to do behind the scenes. And you have come. I went somewhere. They were trying to serve me food. They have not done the preparation. Before you serve somebody food, you have to prepare. You don't have to be sweating. Have you heard the word sprezzatura? Sprezzatura. You work in a way like you are not sweating. How you come and you are sweating, running, going here? Wait, we don't like the food again, please. We don't want Christian to die over giving food. When you have not done your background work, cannot. When you are going to marry, you have not prepared to learn how to cook. Many young girls, they, they see me as a joker. I tell them, I say, do you know how to make, you are going to marry a Ghanaian. I said, do you know how to make contombre? You say no. I said, 10% of your life is gone. Do you know how to make banku? No! 10% of your life is gone. Do you know how to make okro soup or okro stew? You don't know how to make. You are going to marry a Ghanaian. Another 10% of your life is gone. Do you know how to make what? Granola soup. You say, I've made it once before. Ah! Once before. You will not prepare. What do you think the man is marrying you for? You are not suitable for the job because you cannot make granola. And what again other you cannot make? Huh? Kelewele. Kelewele, you cannot make a kelewele. You cannot make a kelewele. I want to be a married woman. You cannot make a kelewele. 
you are joking you are not prepared come beef stew and what again can you not make fufu you cannot pound fufu and you are going to marry a man from Bekwai of your life is gone you are going to give him salad to eat salad a man from my shanty bequai you are joking and you cannot make a what again fry you cannot fry eggs and you want to marry a, a white man white man when the white man said i want it over over easy you know so over what there's fried egg we say over easy what is that over medium i said i want sunny side up and you say you want to ask me why is that? i want to marry a white man i want to marry a white man you don't know how to make salad you don't know how to fry egg you are joking you think he's going to eat that your contemporary soup you are joking tell your neighbor you are not suitable for that job as a wife what I'm explaining is that before you can be like Houdini where you look even magical in the things that you do there is a lot of preparation that goes on behind the scene a lot of background preparation. if you don't do it every time you come to work every time you come to work there will be you say you want to marry a white man and the only salad you know how to make is how do you call it? Ghana salad with uh, what? Everything is in the salad. A lot of salad cream and uh, tuna flakes, baked beans, eggs, sardines, cabbage, cucumber, sliced carrots. And you say you are going to marry a white man? White man doesn't eat such salad. That's a Ghana salad. That is made in Ghana salad. What are you talking about? Ask me, I want to marry a white man. Ask me, I love white men. Okay. You are joking. You want to marry a white lady? A brother told me, he came to see me, he said, Bishop, I have a desire to marry a white lady. Do you know any, do you know any white ladies? I told him, I don't know any personally, but we have some in some of our branches. You want to marry a white lady? You don't know how to climb mountains. <laughs> you don't know how to swim. You don't know how to swim. You don't like sightseeing. You want to marry a white woman. You don't want to walk in the forest. 
Ghana boys. Uh, Ghana boys. You want to marry a white lady? Do you know how to ride bicycle on a mountain? Say you want to marry a white lady. Do you know how to eat salad? A certain garment. He was telling me his troubles. He said, Bishop, it is not easy. I said, why is it not easy? He said, when I go out and I come back and I want to eat kenke, I want to eat something. I said, then what happened? Then my wife will give me sausage and salad. Sausage. He said, hey! And sliced bread and tea. You say you want to marry a white woman. Are you prepared? So, brothers and sisters, those of you who are applying for certain jobs, look, the Bible says in all labor there is profit. Prepare. The people, they are not fools as they are employing. They see through certain things. They have been interviewing people for a long time. When they come, they see somebody who is empty they can see so prepare and the lord will bless you lift your hand quick father thank you for the blessing your word we love you we praise you and we thank you in the name of jesus oh yes we give you praise we give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done for us. In Jesus' name. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, if you are here today, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. If you are here like that, lift up your right hand. Maybe somebody invited you, but you are not a born-again Christian. But today you want to be born again. You want to give your life to God. Lift it up. Hi. I'm going to pray with you. Today your sins will be washed away. You can come to the cross of Jesus on any day. And give your heart to him. You'll be made into a new person. If you are here like that tonight. You say, Pastor, help me to know God. I want Jesus to save me today. I want to turn around from all my sins. I want my name to be written in the book of life. I want Jesus to come into my life. If you are here like that, wherever you are standing, just lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. Lift it up high. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Lift it high. God bless you. God bless you. God. If you've lifted your hand, I want you to do one more thing. Come to me from where you are standing. Come from the back. Come from the side. Come from wherever you are. Just step out and come all the way to the front. I surrender all. Come all the way to the front. All to be my blessed Lift your hands, everybody. Father, we thank you for blessing us with the right jobs as we serve you. What a blessing it is to give you thanks give you praise in Jesus name.
God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.